Well, I believe what Brother Don says, the Word of God, we want to share that with you today. I'd like you to turn to Ephesians 5 and 1, please. Ephesians 5 and 1. Ephesians 5 and 1. Everybody there? Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. We're going to title this, Followers of God. You know, a book is never sold by the contents. What sells a book? The title. They've proven they had another book that wouldn't sell. They take the cover off of it and put a different cover on it. Books are bought by titles and not what's in the cover. But what we need is what's in the cover. Hmm? I mean, what's inside here is what you need, not just what the title is. How do we follow God? His yoke is easy. His burdens are light. It's easy to follow the Lord. The way of the transgressor is hard. The people that transgress the law of God, that's a hard thing. So how do we follow God? Number one of the best ways is God is love. The Bible does not teach us that God is power. He teaches us that God is love. Mohammed Gandhi changed the nation of 200 million people to win the independence of India for one thing, and that was love. If we ever learn the power of love and what God is, God is love. And he wants us to walk in love, and it's easy to walk in love when God's inside of you. It's the way of the transgressor's heart. Love of God, hard to ever notice when it's been doing wrong. You don't hardly look at it because you're full of love, and that's the way God looks at it. Romans 5 and 5 says the love of God is King James said it's shed abroad in our heart. Another translation said it's poured abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given us. So he makes me what? Love what? Everybody. What makes you love everybody is the love of God. It's the love of God that sent his only begotten son into this world to seek and to save that which is lost. It is the love of God in our heart. If we're going to follow God and walk with God, we've got to walk in love. And one can walk in love that has God in their heart. So God has given us such wonderful things to how to live for God. And Jesus shows us his love. He shows us his love. I don't know about you, but my heart stirred about the kingdom of God and the church of God. I'm deeply stirred. Listen, Jesus came, he ate with sinners and publicans. That's who he fellowshiped with. That's who, in, when I first got in the church, they taught us don't go to the rodeos, don't go to ball games, because you're having fellowship with the evil. Well, I worked with people was evil. I was ignorant and dumb. I didn't know anything, but I couldn't understand that until I read the Word of God. But I want you to notice the way Jesus lived his life. If you find in the four Gospels where he went and done most of all of his eating and all of his fellowshipping with, with who? Who? Sinners. Publican. 
That's who he went. If he was going to give a feast or attend to a feast, he went to people that were sinners and publicans. I wonder how much the world would be different if we was to invite sinners and publics in our home to eat instead of inviting our friends and giving them. That's where he went, Brother Michael, because that's what he came for. And the Bible said, And multitudes of sinners and publicans followed him because they knew he loved them. You know, people can tell, even an animal can tell, because I was raised on a farm, they can tell your emotions. They, they can tell it. They have a sense about them. I've seen mules and horses has a sense about them. People can tell it's not what we say, it's what we do and how we act. They can tell that we really love them. Oh, I love you, but inside there's something else boiling up. God's love is in our hearts. He put it in our hearts when he gave us the Holy Ghost. Jesus showed his love to the sinners and the publicans by what? How did he show his love? Eating with them. One of the greatest things you can do is eat and have fellowship. Is that right? Most families like to have the families together, and I believe in that. But I've noticed through the years, when the mama dies, usually what happens? Usually the fellowship of the families falls off because she's the catalyst. She's the one that has that love. She's the one that goes the furthest or the second mile. Love calls you to go the second mile without being asked. Love goes far beyond and what's expected of us. Love asks for things to do. Love seeks for things to do when the love of God is put in our hearts. And really, if the Bible says count the cost, but if you really love God and the love of God is in us, we really don't count the cost, what it's going to cost us. Because we love God. And we're not doing it for a show. We're not doing it for to be recognized. We're doing it because we what? Because we love God. Because we love God. Jesus' love compels sinners to follow him. He didn't have to ask them to follow him. He just ate with them. You read the four gospels, and multitude just followed him wherever he went. They was following him because he was love. And that's why children are so... You, you see, children can get in a fight. I don't know about y'all, but we got children that fight. And I know y'all are so holy, y'all don't have children. Brother Michael, you, you and the... Sister Pat, so holy, y'all don't have children that fight, do you? Uh-huh. Is that right? But I tell you what children would do. We got some that's coming on. They got the biting syndromes. You know, that, 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 but what they'll fight, and they get down in the floor and carry on and cry. But if you just leave them alone, a little while they get up and they're hugging one another and playing together with one another, they easily forgive. Jesus said, except you become little children in the kingdom of God, you cannot be my children. If you get offended, you're going to have to get over it and get over it quickly and don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Get rid of that thing immediately. That's what children do. They'll get over it just that quick. They'll get, is that right, Sister Pat? 
We get aggravated, but they get up and just hug one another. I've seen our kids, great-grandkids hug one another. I saw two of them hugging one another, asked a little spat of the day in the other and kissed the other one. The love of God. Oh, church, it's the love of God that compels people to serve him and to walk with him and keeps his commandments, to love God. The book of James 1.27 said, Pure religion, undefiled before God, and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless, the widows, in their afflictions, and keep himself unspotted from the world. Which, when I first got in the church, I visited people. I wasn't in the ministry, but I visited people. There's a man that I visited. I sat on his front porch and talked to him. He said, you don't know how good this makes me feel. It makes me feel better than my pastor coming. He's paid to come, and the only reason he come because he's paid. But you coming because you love this community. One of the greatest things you can do, and I don't advise you to go to the nursing home today. That's probably not good. It's much outbreak. But one of the best things you can learn to do is visit people, people that's hurting, people's in need. Amen? And invite somebody besides a friend and take them out to eat and let them feel the love of God and see how people that walks and lives that have the love of God in their life. You could bake them something and care them something. I mean, you know, the phone, I've been through this quite some time. Nobody never calls me. They got a phone that only takes calls. You know, they don't realize that phone will dial out. And they wonder why they're not getting any calls. If you want to have friends, you're going to, have to show yourself friendly. And one thing you can do, I thank God for telephone. And I know that people now are getting so aggravated about all these um, uh, calls and come. As soon as I pick one up, if I don't recognize it, I don't, I don't go no further. I just hang it up and forget it. You got to get rid of it as soon as you can. If you don't, it's going to aggravate you and frustrate you. Cause your tea kettle to boil over. But the love of God surpasses all understanding. And when the love of God is in our hearts, ruling in our hearts, we have perfect peace in this life. We're in a world of turmoil, but I tell you, church, you can have the peace of God in your life when the peace of tents of priests rules in your life. You can have peace. Perfect love gives peace, brings peace. The love of God. And that's what Jesus came for. They said when Walmart, Sam Walton first built the Walmart, he visited every one of the stores until it got 300, and then he couldn't visit them every year. But said, woe be unto you if you were the manager he came to that store and found you were in your office. Because he said, that's not where the people are, is not in your office. 
I got a little lesson one time when after I began to get promoted up and they moved me to the district office and gave me an office. And one day, the day the guy that was over me come by and sat down and talked to me a little while. He said, Bill, I want to share something with you. The problems are not people in this office are not solved by you sitting in here. I want to see you out of this office. I want to see you more out in the nine counties. I want to see you where the problem is. I want to see you where you can listen to what's going on. Listen, there's a troubled world, and they need to hear somebody that's in love, somebody that's got a vision, somebody that's close to God, that you can share some faith and hope in their lives. Amen. You visit, as Peggy and I did recently, the rehabs and the hospitals. I tell you, we're in a world that's sick and needs attention. And one way to solve that is the love of God. You may not can heal them, but you'll be surprised how their face lights up when they see you walking in there. And I'm not saying you need to go, but how many know you can, if somebody's missing in the church, how many, how many of us gives them a telephone call? Well, I'm just too busy. Oh, church, we ought not to get too busy. We can't have fellowship and give a call to people and bless people. The other day we'd left to St. Michael and we stopped to get gas and this large guy, I don't think he's quite as old as I was, and we both were walking toward the door. I guess we both got there at the same time. He pushed my hand away from that door and pulled that door open. He said, why don't you get on in there? I said, it's hot out here. I said, it's just as hot to you. He said, let's just both go in together. I mean, no, you can have some time at the pump station. You can have some time in the grocery store. You can have some time wherever you are. To share a little love. People need love. Jesus came to this world, and that's what he did. He ate with sinners and publicans. When he had a feast, that's where he went, with sinners and publicans. And he ate with them. Are those who fellowship the greatest example we can give is love. There's several ways to love. Well, love is by tongue, and another greatest word is by action. Jesus gave us the action. He said, I'll leave you some examples to live by. I'm convinced we have to be more than a hearer of the Word of God. we got to be a conduer of the Word of God, what God says do. The book of Songs of Solomon is a book of love. It's a total book of love. That's all it is written in there, love, love. Listen to what some of it says here. Chapter 8, 6, and 7. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. Strong as death. What is strong as death? Love. Many waters, he says, can't quench love. Have you ever noticed you can correct a child? And they'll cry and carry on. They think you mean at them. But what will they be doing the next few minutes? Loving on you. Appreciating you. 
except you become like his little children, you can't what? I'm not preaching and saying you can't go to heaven, but I am preaching very strongly about you cannot have the peace of God until you learn to love. You'll not have the peace that God has for your life because love will overlook insults. Love will keep on ticking. It's just a set of the Wednesday night and Sunday, Wednesday night clash. Takes a licking and what? Keep on ticking. Luke 19, Zachariah was the chief among the publicans. Back then, tax collectors were the most hated people there were. I don't know where we're too far above that of the RAS today. Somebody said, I think they go to mean school. But he was not like Matthew was not liked. He was hated. You ever seen the movie Peter? Jesus went to this center public and party, went inside, and Peter wouldn't go inside because Matthew was in there. So Jesus goes back outside and sits down and talks to Peter and convinced him to come back inside because Peter was prejudiced against what? We are more prejudiced than we think we are. Children are not prejudiced. They're taught to be prejudiced. They're not born with prejudice. So he talked for him to come back inside. But Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Multitude of people were throwing Jesus. But Zacchaeus was small in stature. I can relate to that. But he wanted to see Jesus. But he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd and the multitude. He climbed up in a tree. And the Bible said, and Jesus looking up, looking up. He wanted to see if there's somebody in that crowd that he could have fellowship with and would enjoy his fellowship. He said, Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. I am going to abide with you today. How many wants God to abide with you? How many glad that one day he looked where you was and said, I'm going to come and abide with you? How many glad today that God Almighty, through the power of the Holy Ghost, is abiding in your life? Is abiding in your life. He lives in your life. Draw near to God and he'll what? If we want a closer walk to God, we first got to be a doer of the Word of God. We got to draw near to God. St. John 15 and 7 said, If you, Jesus said, If you will abide in me, I will abide in you. What's the rest of that verse? You will have anything you ask for. The first step is abiding in love. Jesus came full of love. We must abide in love first, and then he abide in us. I don't quite understand that scripture, but I tell you, I want to draw near to God. I want to abide in the word of God. He said, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you, and anything you ask for, I will give you. That's abiding in love. Abiding in love. Eddie Mollenbach, I don't know, in the 60s, 
That goes back to some of you don't wasn't here then, were you? He brought a magazine published by Shell Oil. It's about Billy McCaslin, Peggy's uncle. Had a large article in there said the fastest and the best fabricator in the world. The best. He wasn't a Christian. He might have been a believer. But the company was going to promote him to a higher level of grade. And when some of the workers found out about it, one of them said, I wanted that job. I was going to ask for that job. So Billy went and told the company, I'm not going to take that job. So-and-so wants that job. And he quit the company so the guy could get the job. He said, what's the meaning of the story? Him and Jack English went into business together, that same type of work, and he become a multimillionaire. I want you to know when you learn to take the lower road and love, no wonder Jesus said the children of the world is wiser than the children of light. Sometimes we got to give up some things to receive the best that God has. He probably would have never became a multimillionaire if he hadn't not done that. But it was something about him and about his character. He's willing to give that up and let the next man have it and how God had blessed him. How many know that God blesses the humble? When you walk in love and does what God says in love, something wonderful will come to your life. God just pours out his blessings upon people. I'm convinced God is pouring out vast anointing. I'm convinced, Brother Sam, he does not want the church. The woman said, but the dogs eat crumbs from the master's table. He was so moved. He said, I've never seen such great faith. I want us to have faith where we don't live on crumbs. We live on the children's bread. We live on the best thing that God has for our lives. He has abundance more than we can ever think. And the greatest thing that he's ever poured in our life with love is the love of God, to love God. A woman caught in the very act of adultery should have been stoned to death. David was caught in the very act of adultery. According to the law, he should have been stoned to death. That was the, that was the law, stoned him to death. But God said, I have put away your sins. How many is glad today the love of God has put away your sins? And wash your sins in the blood of Jesus to never be remembered you again. We should have been put to death on something, but the love of God says, I put away your sins. Put away your sin. And Jesus asked the woman, calling the very act of adultery, where is your accuser? She says, I have none. He says, neither do I accuse you. Jesus did not come to accuse. A man came to him one day and said, I want you to make my rich brother divide with me and jesus said who has made me a judge over you that's not what i come for i come to relieve sinners of the heavy burden and heavy load we live in a world of stress terrible things going on shooting and killing in some cities every day people are more stressed now than ever has been but there ever was a time to show the love of god Now's a good time to do it. If you got your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to John 
St. John 3, 34, and share something with us. Jesus leaves us examples what to do and how to live. And the greatest example he's given us is to live by love, walk in love. Jesus invites himself to us. We don't hear much of that today. When I was a kid coming up, some families would show up with Sister Sharon, maybe four or six kids, just show up on Sunday. You know, that would embarrass us today, right? But I'm telling you, them mamas wasn't embarrassed. They'd get in that kitchen, Sister Sue, I don't know how in the world they'd do it. For you know they had a dinner table set fit for kings. Everybody doing a little this, doing a little that, first time. And all the men, I mean, the adults got to eat first. All the kids had to wait. I think some of us, because we don't have all the room we had. We was kids, and we looked through the window thinking they were going to eat up all the chicken before we had a chance to. But we didn't know that Mama had put some of that chicken back for her children. That's love. There's a greater love than that, and that's the love of God. It looks past all of that. I'd like to share something here with you from the Word of God. <clears throat> For what's the next word? He. Okay. For he, that means you, that means me, whom God has sent, speaketh the words of God. For God giveth the words of God, he giveth not the Spirit by measure what? People say, well, I don't know what to say. God will tell you what to say. He'll put words in your mouth. Some teachers, he was talking only to Jesus. He was not talking only to Jesus. He was saying, he, you and me. He gives the Spirit of God to each and every person that comes to him, the Spirit of love. In John 20, 21, he, Jesus said, as my Father hath sent me, so I do what? I sent you. Every person born in the kingdom of God has a duty and a responsibility to walk in love. To love. Y'all remember the guy that I can't remember his name right now, Peggy? He came here with Steve Barley, one of the missionaries from China with him, and another one was from Waco. What was his name? It doesn't matter. <clears throat> Y'all remember something, what he did when he pulled his billfold out? He said, I always keep several hundred-dollar bills in there. Y'all remember that? And I know there's some widow women in this church caught that message. One of them was telling me that I keep several hundred-dollar bills in my billfold in case I come up on somebody that's in need. The book of James says you can't pray for them and send them down the road. That's why God wants you blessed, where you can have something when God moves on your heart in love. You say, well, $10 wouldn't mean to. I tell you, if you're broke and ain't got nothing and hungry, $10 is like a million dollars. You say, well, God wants to move us to share love like we've never shared it before. To love God with all of our heart and what? All of our soul and what? All of our might and our neighbor is what? As ourselves. So be prepared to love somebody. 
book of James said, don't just pray and send them down the road. If you look at that St. John 3 and 34, I'm having some voice problems. When Jesus chose the twelve, what he gave them, the same of power and the same authority that he had, the same authority to go out in love. When he chose the 70, he gave them the same authority and the same of power and the same example that fed them to go out and do the same thing. And also we find in Acts 8, when they picked the men that served tables, they give them the same thing. 1 Corinthians 13 is known as the love chapter. The love chapter. I'm going to read some of that because it's a what's the song? He makes me what? Love everybody. Let's just read some of this. <clears throat> when Jesus went away he said you don't need to take no thought what you say. I will give you bring into remembrance what I've taught you. That's why it's so important for us to have the Word of God in our hearts because Jesus can bring that up and we can give a person a word of joy and peace and love. So let's look at some of this here as we go down through it. I speak with tongues, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not what? If a person is a great orator, speaks well flushing words, well influencing words. But if he is not or she is not walking in love, all of that is what? In vain. It makes a difference when we're full of love. He puts that love in our hearts. All right, let's read down to some more here. And uh, I speak as angels and have not love. I become a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal. Peggy's car, got that fancy stuff on it. It's so fancy we don't know about it. It's far beyond us. A light come up on it the other day and said, your key, what was it? Your, your key battery is need to be replaced soon. We didn't know. Never read the book. How many of you don't never read the book? How many of us men have problems putting stuff together? Anybody in here? You don't have to raise your hand. Have problem because we don't read the book until we're done so frustrated and aggravated. We wonder why. Well, anyhow, she said, "Well, I'll just call Malark McClarty Ford." She called up there, and Lord behold, who did she get? Who? Al Martin. He says, "I know what you need. I got it." Come, and I will change both of them for you. What can you ask more from that? And he's having some problem. He, he said, I've been worried all morning, afraid I was going to be at the chiropractor, and y'all would come here, and I wouldn't be here. He come out around that counter, took them things in his hand, and God puts you in a position where people can bless you and work with you in love. But if you don't have love, regardless of what you do, and I believe it's, it was sure a sign on him as part of love on that, on that thing. All right, let's read a little bit more here. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith 
that I can remove mountains and have not what? Casting out demons, healing the sick, and raising the dead is not a sign that we're walking with God. It's not a sign of love. It's not a sign that we're pleasing God. Let me, let me thank you. Thank you for that amen. I'm going to read you something from Matthew 7, 22. And uh, when they came to Jesus and said something to him about this. Matthew 7, I believe it's 22. Let me find my place. We must walk in love and have the love of God in our hearts. Well, I thought I had it marked. But anyhow, they came to Jesus and said, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not what? Prophesy. Prophecy can fail. The rest of that said that prophecy can fail. I've had people share with me about prophecy over them. It's never come to pass. It's either the guy gave the prophecy, missed God, or it's either that we didn't receive it and didn't hold on to it. Listen, just because you get a prophecy don't mean it's going to come true. You've got to receive it, and sometimes you're going to have to pray and study about it. But he said when prophecy may fail, there's something that will never fail, and that's what? Is the love of God. I remember Darlene Parker's funeral. Shane had some things to say. And most of you know Shane, know what kind of life he had. He was here Sunday and come down and sit beside me. He said, I'm making straight A's. The company works for us, fixed a place where he could study at the office down there, worked for a body shop. He could stay in there. And he said, they just been overwhelming to him. He said, I'm making straight A's. That's one reason I can't hardly come to church. Because when I'm not working, I'm having to study. He said, I already had two big offers on a job. He said, all I got to do is ask God which one I need to take. One of the prison systems called him and told him, said, we want you to come talk to us. Church, I want you to know that God is love. And he said, Darlene always told me, Shane, you're not just a bad boy. You're a good boy. Now, if you knew him, he would, well, we won't go there. But I want you to know it's been a hard and difficult road for him, but I want you to know God has never forgotten him. God has never cast him aside. Others may give up on you, but I want you to know that the God does not give up on you. In the roughest road you are, God is in that road with you. Praise God. He's sharing his love with you, and he's keeping you alive. You may not be alive right then, and you're not realize, but he's keeping you alive because he has something for your life. It may be difficult, sorrowful, and grieving, but God is keeping you alive for a purpose. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll make it come to pass. He knows what the end is, the love of God, and how God loves. He just keeps right on loving. And Jesus said to these people, we prophesied in your name, we've done this, we cast out devils, and We've done many wonderful works. Jesus said, I don't know you. God does not recognize in that. I know some thinks that you need to read some of Dr. Cho's writings. You cannot impress the Japanese and some of the other countries with sign miracles and wonders because Buddha does the same thing. You say, well, they can't, I didn't know Buddha could do that. Yeah. 
Pharaoh's Egyptians done the same thing, but they wouldn't walk in love. Whatever we do, we got to walk in love. When you give, you give as unto God, and God will bless you when you walk in love. And walk in love. Prophecy may fail, but God says love will never fail. He said, maybe you could speak to this mountain it disappear. And even in another place in the Bible, said, if you'll shout to your mountain, it'll fall down in your path if you'll just shout. But you've got to be in love to get credit from God and the wonderful blessings of God. How many is glad for the love of God? And the love of God, as Ken mentioned about Sister Eleanor praying, is the love of God. It caused her to get down every night on her knees and pray over her children and her grandchildren. Jesus said, when you ask to go one mile, you go what? You go two miles. Go two miles. When I was a kid coming up, you run out of baking soda, some flour, what would you do? Somebody tell me, what would you do? What? You didn't go to no store. We lived five, six miles from town, had to go in a wagon. Huh? No. What would you do? You'd go to your neighbor and said, Can I borrow enough till I get to town? Well, the old Garrison used to sing that song. He knew they swapped milk from one old cow. That's love. When you can share, share thing. How many know where gumbo come from? Hmm? Anybody know where gumbo come from? Yeah, that's just gumbo. I don't know where shrimp gumbo. I saw this on television many years ago. Come from South Louisiana from them Cajuns. So poor, they would get together, and this one would bring a little bit, that one bring a little bit, this one bring a little bit, and they'd put it in the pot and cook it. That's where you got gumbo. When you mix a little bit of you and a little bit of somebody else, you're going to come up with something wonderful. When you mix a little of your love of God and the love of God in you, you mix it with somebody else, you're going to come up with something wonderful. Ask Sister Rhonda Swallow one time about the gumbo that served up there, I believe it was the rail. I said, is that good gumbo? I'm not a gumbo man. But she said, it only wishes it could be gumbo. Now, anybody probably knows gumbo. She knows gumbo, especially down where Brother Michael came from. The love of God, the love of God surpasses all understanding. The love of God. Somebody asked you to go a mile, what do you do? You volunteer to go a little bit further. I worked with a guy. He loaned his trailer to some people, and they tore it up. And he carried it and had it fixed. And he said, they come back and wanted to borrow it again. Somebody said, you didn't let them have it again, did you? He said, yes, I did. I tell you, love surpasses all understanding. Love reaches past the boundaries where we might stop. Love just keeps on going. 
we ought to be so glad that the love of God has kept on going with us when we come so short of the things of God. In Matthew 19, a young man came to Jesus. He was asking, calling him good master. Jesus said, why calleth me good? There's none good, none but God. And he asked him, says, have you kept the Ten Commandments? And he went through them. Yes, he'd done all that. But after the question was all over with, Jesus says, one thing thou likest, you like one thing. He said, what's that? He said, sell what you have, give to the poor, and come follow me. Now, Jesus was not, he was rich. Jesus was not telling him to give away his riches and give to the poor. What was he telling him? He wasn't telling him that because it's the God that gives him power to get what? Now, listen, if people got wealth, it's God. I don't care who they are, where they come from, it's God gives them power to get wealth. He's leaving up that wealth for the church. When we believe for it, it'll come to us when we need it. What was he saying to him? You loving your riches more than you love me. And the Bible said he went away sorrowful because he had much riches. Man, Jesus said, man cannot serve God and mamma. It means money, success, prosperity. You cannot serve that and serve God. He gives that to you to be a blessing to bless your life, to bless the church, and bless his others. So he went away sorrowful. When we follow God in love that he has poured out upon us in our hearts, Mark 12 and 41, Jesus said, over against the treasure. How I many know that he is just as interested in our giving today as he was then? What did he say it? He watched them come down and put in the treasure box. Billy Ray Turner and I went to a revival way out in the country. Somebody he worked with invited us to come. We went. A woman pastor and a woman evangelist. And they took up an offering. And they counted it. The place was packed out. He said, this is not enough for the type of many people here. He said, you ought to give more. She called him ushers back up there and give them that plate. He said, there's people standing on the outside listening through the window. If they're hearing the word of God, they ought to be giving something. He said, go out there and take up another offering. They went outside and got another offering. And it was well beyond their expectation. God is love and God Love cheerful givers. But he said, this woman put in two mites or three. She put in her living. Others gave in abundance. Her John Osteen said one time, there's two Mexican women in this church gives more than all the rest of them. That church was up in 8,500 people. They are givers. But they were poor people. In reality, giving. How many of us would like for Jesus to sit down and watch us give? Hmm? This lady was in the church. I won't call her name. Many years ago, she told me her and her sister. She said, I sat by my sister when they took up an offering. 
her sister was wealthy, had this little money change, and she put a few pennies in the offering. And this woman telling said, I'm a widow, trying to raise a family by myself. said, I told her one day, said, God, not pleased with that. All you've given him, and how he's blessed you. We ought to give out of the, what God had been so generous to give us and so blessed us so generous. So God blesses us in abundance so we can be a blessing to others. And love gives. I'm going to tell you, love, love to give him. Paul said, I have coveted no man's silver or gold. Acts 20 and 31. Man hadn't coveted nobody's. I'll read you something, then we're going to close. Jesus spent the greatest part of his life on earth, not preaching nor performing miracles, but working with his hands in a carpenter shop, making things presumptuous to sell them, support the family in the absence of Joseph. History tells us that Joseph died while Jesus was very young. And in the years of his ministry, he never got involved in fundraising. The only time he passed the basket, they were full. And then he said, take out. God wants to pour us abundance, give us abundance. This neighbor lived next to us. They had, I won't say how many kids they had, but they had a bunch of them. I mean, there was a bunch of them kids. One of them was an ag. And the neighbor lived further down from him. The calf got out and come up to their house. He catches that calf and carries it back to the owner. His pig, the FFA, got out and went down to the neighbor's house. The neighbor put that pig up, let him know it was down there. So he went down there to get it. He said, you're going to have to pay for to get that pig back. He said, I ain't got no money. He said, I'll keep the pig then. He knew this other neighbor that he'd worked for before. And he went over and talked to him and, and told him, he said, well, I'll give you the money. You can go get your pig. And you can work it out when you can. We're talking about love, the love of God. Well, his daddy was walking down the road. A lot of our back then was walking, walking down the road one day and passed this guy's house that he had his pig. He told him, said, uh, I was wrong what I did, and I'm going to apologize. He said, you tell your boy to come back down here, and, and uh, I let him have his pig. I think maybe he doesn't pay him, but anyhow. And the man said, I'm not telling my son that. You done him wrong. If you want to make it right, you go to him. I'm trying to raise men up on that hill. I'm trying to train boys into men. If you want to make it right, you go to him and you apologize to him, not me. I'm not a messenger. And tell that boy you done him wrong. He said, I'll do just that. We're talking about when the love of God is shed abroad in the heart. When you love God, and the things of love of God surpasses all understanding. 
And the love of God in our hearts knows no boundaries. It, it don't know no boundaries. It don't know no boundaries. So God bless you. Walk in love. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Someone said, there's a lot to be said about the love of God. So God bless you for being here today. Lord bless you.